solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Welcome Chapter to another 31. episode. I'm Molly. The battle I'm is Alex. Hogwarts. And this is Potter Watch. Watch. What did you say? I said it was Sad Watch. <laughs> oh, it is Sad Watch. The night is sad and full of sad, guys. It's um, chapter 31, The Battle of Hogwarts. And there's stuff going to happen. I'm just, spoiler alert, stuff is about to happen. If you know what's going to happen, prepare your tissues. Stuff we've been avoiding literally all series. I can't believe it's time. I can't believe. Honestly, it's only time for you know, like four more chapters, then I go back to forgetting it. So no, like, I mean, like, not, I don't mean like forgetting it more like pretending like it doesn't exist, like compartmentalizing. I see. There are, there's more than four chapters left in this book, right? Um, there are, there's 36 chapters plus the epilogue. So yeah six okay I was like what is happening I just like yeah I just threw out a number I just know we're getting we're getting towards the end yeah I just looked at the last chapter I forgot that it was called this but it's called a flaw in the plan which is like such a great chapter name (laughs) yeah speaking of chapter names what did you rename the battle of Hogwarts Hogwarts on fire Oh, that's a good one. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> like that specific thing. Well, just like it like encompasses the whole, like literally it's on fire. Yeah. yeah. My heart is on fire. Like the whole, yeah. Um, I called mine the beginning of the ends. Yeah. Because it's the beginning of everyone we love dying. Yep. <laughs> Um, starting with crab, you know. <laughs> also forgot that that happened, honestly. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered that it happened, but I was like, nah. Well, like, if you had said, like, what happens, like, in the feed fire, I would have been like, oh, right, crab dies. But, like, I wasn't really thinking about it, like, going into the chapter. I always think about it because it's always like traumatic for Draco. So I got to think about my boy, even though he's very naughty in this chapter. Yeah, we'll get into some some Dra- Draco. I'm sorry, I must have said Drary. I, I heard that slip. No, it was on purpose because I was going <laughs> to straight up say Drary. Um, well, Alex... What does happen in this chapter? Okay. Mine doesn't fall, like mine has all of the syllables, but they're like, they're not in a line, basically. Where battle and pined love begun, there's the death of a much beloved son. <clears throat> okay. Battle plans are forged. 
bullies turn foe, fire rages till one light goes out. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Also, I hope you noted my forged. That was like also like a ref, like a wink. It was like used differently. <laughs> oh no, that was good. I missed it. I completely missed it. Can I get it again? I want the whole, the whole. It's in the first line. So battle plans are forged. Bullies turn foe, fire rages till one light goes out. Wow. <laughs> I really played on fire in my whole like chapter rename and haiku. I just feel like there's like, like there's a lot to fire. I'm very sensitive right now right now <laughs> just, yeah just like I'm not usually that sensitive but uh currently right now I'm sensitive that was sarcasm for the listeners I'm sure you knew that if you're a longtime listener or you know me personally well we have a lot before that that we can yeah. so dig our teeth into okay I don't think that was the right phrase but um, my first, my first note is, um, to a specific character. Is it Ernie McMillan? Oh, no, it's not to Ernie. <laughs> um, this is to an unnamed Ravenclaw student. Um, do we think now is the time to be wondering about what's happening to your trunk and your things when, um, the Dark Lord is literally at your doorstep, ma'am? They're very practical. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Also, do they, before, like, Voldemort comes over to the la- the PA, do they know, like, for real, like, what's happening? I think they have a good idea. Yeah. No, there's, things don't stay secret long at Hogwarts. Also, no, like, McGonagall, they, like, straight up says it. Right. I also think they can probably see, like, the dark mark overhead, you know? Um... Well, if I, I had a dark mark overhead, I wouldn't be like, oh no, what's going to happen to the chest that I got for Christmas, you know? Um, I did have a specific note for Ernie. Um, oh, let me hear. <laughs> just not for him, but like pompous as always, but like appreciated. Yeah, he was like, okay. I didn't have issue. I didn't take issue with. It um, was just very, actually my overall note for this chapter is like, we kept characters consistent. Like there were some throwbacks in this chapter. I was like, that is exactly like that character from like five months ago. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. She uh, definitely is like giving us like fan service in that way, you know? Yeah. I Yeah, I think she's like, this is her goodbye too, so. Right. Wow. Um, that little Ravenclaw did ask about her owl also like yeah that's fair that's different um everyone at this point like knows that Snape's a death eater right like he killed Dumbledore like that's like common gnaw isn't it yes <laughs> this common gnaw mall <laughs> and I I think this is a flaw that like there were zero Slytherins that were like Um, maybe I don't agree with Voldemort. Like, I know them leaving doesn't necessarily mean that they agree with Voldemort. They just don't want to fight. But, like, I kind of wish that, like, we weren't, like, yep, zero Slytherins. Every every Slytherin is, like, support. It feels like every Slytherin is, like, supporting 
Baltimore. I think that too. I mean, we all we all know that J.K. Rowling really fucked up with the Slytherins. You know, it doesn't like you put all the evil children in a house. Like, no, come on, guys. I like to believe that there were Slytherins that stayed, but they changed maybe their clothes. Like they put on regular clothes or something. Because honestly, I feel like it's unsafe with the way people treat Slytherins for them to be in Slytherin robes fighting. Because people are going to think that they're like part of the enemy. Oh, yeah. Attack them. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe like on their way, they changed their mind and like doubled. Back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like obviously, Malfoy, Crab, and Quail did not to change their minds, but I've got a fan fiction tangent for you. But it's okay. in like it's about like what we're talking about. So, um, in my fan fiction, I have a story of Greengrass, who is like supposed to marry Malfoy, obviously Daphne's younger sister. Right, you know, um, and uh, I have her and her group of friends turning back and deciding to fight because the whole thing with them, with Astoria, is that um, she went against her parents and she helps Draco. This That's canon, according to, like, J.K. Rowling post, like, post books, you know, um, yeah. that she's, like, the rebel of her family which is like a serious and she helps um draco like go on his redemption arc basically that's sweet yeah um this is like a sidebar but i meant to text you earlier in the week one of my podcasts was like covering that like famous fan fiction that's like which one the really long wolf star one Oh, have I read this? If you haven't, like, you're missing a huge part of the internet right now. I don't think I have. It's, like, apparently been all over TikTok. What? I haven't been on TikTok. Hold on, I'll tell you. (gasps) Oh, my God, I'm going to read it. I should have just sent you this um, podcast. Um, All the Young Dudes. I have not read that. Oh my god! Well, it's really long. It's like apparently like one of the longest like fanfics, and it's been like going on for like over a year. Oh, that's why I haven't read it because I haven't read like pretty much anything new like in the past year. Okay, well, I'm gonna send you the podcast just in case you want to listen. Called all the young boys, all the young dudes, and it's about the Marauders. It's like literally. From the Marauders' first day at Hogwarts to, like, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, I've read other fics like that. Um, but if this one's really good, everyone's saying this one's good, then I should read this one, I guess. Everyone's been panicking, and there's been, like, a lot of, like, fan casting. But the thing they were, like, talking about is, like, most fan casting, like, there's a lot of disagreement. But there's, like, apparently, like, set people that everyone has agreed on will be the, the four Marauders. And Andrew Garfield is Lupin. And that is, like, so perfect to me. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's good. And then do you know who Prince Caspian? Yes. Is that serious? A lot of, I know that's, like, that was already in the fandom. Yeah, I don't know who James Potter is, actually. I don't know the actor. And then the Pettigrew is um, 
I don't know if you remember. Oh, did you see Spider-Man 3? Uh, the Andrew Garfield? No, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, sorry, there is no Andrew Garfield 3. I meant Tobey Maguire. Um, I have not seen it, no. Okay, he plays like baby green goblin like harry basically in it and he's like really evil he's like perfect for peter like he's like a perfect casting also oh but yeah that's cool thank you for the fanfic wreck i can't maybe i'll leave all this in because i just can't believe that i guess it's because i just like i don't know i don't know why i i just haven't been reading anything new i also feel like you haven't really been on the internet much mm-hmm. <laughs> nope um get out of here pansy oh yeah I said oh pansy what a bad look girl but like glad it happened because it gives us this like amazing moment where every other house jumps in front of Harry and it's so fucking sweet I know I love I have that same exact note I was like that's a bad look pansy but I feel like it's a Judas moment because I'm so glad that it happens that so that we get this like unifying everybody just being like um fuck no I feel like she's more of a conscious pilot but we're moving on (laughs) yeah I just meant (laughs) no I'm just kidding (laughs) someone had to do it Um, I'm at Nick, so I know that's a big jump. So if you have more before then about like the announcement and everything. I didn't have anything about the announcement, but I'm, I have like two notes before I get to Nick. Um, I have a note to Harry, like keep it together. Like, come on. Uh, he's like, I don't know what to do without Ron and Hermione. He has like a really good centering moment where he like reviews all the facts, figures out a plan. And I'm like, maybe the lessons with Big Daddy it like actually helped you with something. <laughs> I mean, I think they helped a little for sure. Like this kind of felt like a Dumbledore, like this is like what we know. And mm-hmm. like, I think that's kind of how he like thought about it. Yeah, It went really well for him. <laughs> It did remind me of um, our uh, Casey Musgraves uh, album. um, The Wonder Woman? Lonely Weekend. (laughs) I don't know what to do without Rod and her. Just another lonely walking through the Hogwarts. That's the solo weekend. Um, And then my last note before Nick is like, Zachariah Smith. Come on. Like, one, you're not even saying you're in fucking Dumbledore's army. Like, that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And then he's pushing little kids out of the way. (laughs) He's like, that guy from the Titanic. Yes. (laughs) You're a sixth year. Like, or seventh. I think he's sixth. Get your shit together, Zacharias. Like, seriously. Oh no. No, no, no. But I do think Nick is one of those characters that's very consistent. Like he gets his feelings hurt so easy. That's what my note was. I was like, oh, poor Nick. Still just a sensitive boy. Upset that Harry might want to talk to uh, the gray lady. He's like, if it's ghostly help you need. And then Harry just like cuts him off. Harry's like, "Uh, it has to be her. Just tell me where she is. Like, don't have time for this, buddy. Like, we have a date. Come on. 
So yeah, great lady. This is such a good combo. Like this also happens in this chapter. Like, yeah, I love this. This is one of my favorite parts of this book. I don't know why. Uh, I just love. Me too. It sticks with me. I love the gray lady. I love her story. I think it's so, it's such drama. It's such a good like little fairy tale within the book, you know, like a tragic fairy, like a grim fairy tale. Like she steals her mother's diadem and then like the bloody baron's a toxic man and murders her and then kills himself. Like um, if I wanted them to make more Harry Potter films and give JK Rowling more money then um, I, I think it would make like a really good short, like like an animated short, like in the same, by the same people that do like the Three Brothers story. I think that could be like a really cool, it made me yeah. want that. I need to know like everything about them, like th- her and her mother, like specifically, like what what happened that like she wouldn't even come to her deathbed, like what happened that the mom is like, no, I'll send out the guy that you've told him several times that you don't want to be with. Like, what was their relationship? Like, I need to know everything. <laughs> strange. Yeah, not good. It was not good. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's really interesting how she is as a ghost. She, like, mm-hmm. says, when I was alive, I was known as Helena Ravenclaw. Like she has distanced herself from like that identity and like doesn't think of herself as that person like she's almost telling this story I mean she says I but like she's almost yeah. telling this story like like what you're saying like a grim fairy tale um instead of like I don't know it's just interesting like I just thought it was like a yeah no that is really interesting I I've never thought of it like that like I think she might have some rag rats. Oh, for sure. I, she definitely regrets stealing the diadem. <laughs> uh, Certainly. Maybe that's why she's a ghost. Oh, well, that is why she's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's because she never made amends with her mother and stole the diadem and hid it. <laughs> um, but some really cold business on the mom's part to send out the bloody baron. I I would like to believe the best of Rowena that she was like um send send like I know that you are the only person that won't give up finding her because I think my daughter is clever and will like hide and I think she was like um you're obsessed with her I know you'll never give up trying to find her and then he was an asshole. That's what I like to believe. I think it's that. And I, in my own little head, I built up a story. Oh, I want to hear your version. That it was like a low key, like arrangement marriage, like, because he's like a baron and they're like, clearly like very upper echelon. Like she's a founder of Hogwarts. And so like, mm-hmm the mom wanted them to be together. And so mm-hmm. she's like, keeps pushing it. And like, he, he also obviously like is obsessed with her in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the mom is like encouraging that behavior, even though Rowena has, or Helena has said multiple times she's not interested. And I feel like that's part of why she left was yeah. because of that. 
like because of this relationship that oh yeah I think yeah I think that's why she probably got in another fight about the diet about uh her marriage and she stole the diadem as like a like rebellion and then she regretted it yeah I mean I think there's some other stuff going on but for sure oh it just makes me it's so tragic I feel bad for uh Helena yeah and Rowena like yeah she must have like died like so guilty that she killed her daughter like by sending him after her yeah um but she doesn't die with enough regrets to become a ghost so yeah that would be weird if one of the founders was a ghost they'd be so annoying (laughs) (laughs) that's not how we did it that's not what we wanted you imagine oh my god could you imagine if she was a ghost here but she never like showed herself, but she did have those regrets and she just watches. I think it's interesting that they come back to Hogwarts, but we talked about this once that maybe like a lot of ghosts just congregate at Hogwarts because they don't know where else to go. Yeah. She also hid it on the ground, the diadem on the ground. No, she left it in Albania. Oh yeah, she put it in Albania. That's so weird. Yeah, I don't understand why she would do that. I mean, I think that she's, like, pulled back to Hogwarts, like, yeah. emotionally, but I also think that when we were talking about, like, ghosts, like, where else would they go because they can't really just, like, be anywhere, like, where muggles are? Like, I don't know if muggles can see ghosts. Yeah, that's true, and I think muggles, some muggles can see ghosts, but I think it's, like, not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess Hogwarts is, like, a nice place to be if you're a ghost. Yeah, I also feel like Green Dots would be fun. Maybe one of the headmasters reached out and was like, hey, we heard you've been haunting this area. Um, We want it, we're we're kind of doing an aesthetic thing where we want a ghost for each house. Do you want to fly here? Do you want to be the Ravenclaw ghost? And then she gets there and she sees the Bloody Baron and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? I, well, I think it was the, he followed her there. <laughs> Ew, uh, he sucks. What, so he has like chains. So like they mentioned that. So he must have died with chains on though. Otherwise, like how would his ghostly form have chains? Well, it said, it says forever. Like he's with the chains. Just yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he chains himself up as like penance and then stabs himself that's what I think must have happened too because it's like an odd thing for her to like obviously we knew that but he wears his chains as an act of penance as as he should as he should that's my favorite line yeah as he should (laughs) I like to think and I think it's kind of funny that she who must not be named was like I need to explain this whole Albania choice and so like kind of decided at the last minute to include it in this story like this is why Voldemort went to Albania because of this yeah everybody was like JK this makes no fucking sense why Albania that's a random place she's like no no it it all makes sense don't worry wait till the seventh one um I think it's really cool how early I mean and we talked about this obviously in past chapters and in chat past books but how early she sets up um 
the diadem and where it is in the room of requirement I love like going through Harry's train of thought of like seeing it and all of the different busts and then like being like Eureka (laughs) you know the other thing that's like really subtle and a great callback is like before he even figures out that it's in um the room of requirement he knows that uh, Voldemort did it like on the way to Dumbledore's office and Mm -hmm. like we know that Harry ran into Trelawney several times on the way to Dumbledore's office like presumably going in and out of the room of requirement so like it's already like contextual that the room of requirements on the the way wow that is that I did not put that together that's awesome and I was like damn because, like, obviously reading it now, I'm like, I know where it is. And so I was like, yeah. it <gasps> makes so much sense. Wow. That's really, yeah. Sometimes, like, this is a real coming together chapter. Yeah. Right now. Over me. Um, I don't know. Are we including gargoyles in with casualties? Because that's what she says. She's. Like or the Harry's like the first casualties of the war, and there was like two gargoyles, and I was like, I they're don't stone, know. right? Like they're not real. Well, but they talk because they're like the sassy ones that guard the. No, I know, but room. I, I, Harry, I think it's this is a little too sentimental. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's another consistent character choice. The gargoyles were still being sassy. In their in their demise. <laughs> um, I met Aberforth, Abby. Um, I think I just had another thought on like the room of requirement. I mean, I'm not like in it yet, but like, why does Voldemort think that he's the only one there that like realized how the like that? you can put stuff in the room of requirement because there's all that other stuff there. There's like hundreds and hundreds of years of stuff in that room. I think he thought that that was provided by the room because he's looking for a place to hide something. You know, like yeah. I think he, he, Voldemort is like his biggest downfall is like his ego, right? So he like probably thinks, oh, well, nobody else has figured this out or like, um, or they didn't figure out how the room actually worked. They just like right. Found they just it. found a place. Like he might have just been wa- like Neville, honestly. Like just walked past it, and then the room appeared and was like, "Oh, perfect." Um, I mean, that's in the movie, but oh, sorry. I mean, Dobby. Yikes. <laughs> might be. I mean, but same same sentiment. Yeah. Or uh, Dumbledore on his way to pee. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that, I think that's where that comes from with Voldemort. Yeah, I'm at, um, I'm at Aberforth now, but I didn't really have any specific notes. I have a little note to him. It says, Aberforth, we're not holding children hostage. What's wrong with you? (laughs) And, like, Harry's right. Big D would never do that. Never. I mean, I think that was kind of, like, a, a little bit of a slap on the wrist to Aberforth to be, like, Dumbledore would never... Albus would never do that. And, so, and, Ab- and Aberforth is just like, grumble, grumble, grumble. Like a very Slytherin thing to say. 
Yeah. <laughs> what is Aberforth? Did we? Oh, he didn't. No, I think he's a Gryffindor too. Oh, that makes sense. I, I mean, I don't know if they explicitly say it, but I feel like he has. The Dumbledores are a long line of Gryffindors. I also, I don't know. I feel like it would have been mentioned if he wasn't. Yeah. Like in the book. I don't think he can be anything else other than a Gryffindor or a Slytherin. And he's clearly not a Slytherin. So I, I think you're like, that's a fair assumption. Brad and Hermione are being so stinking cute. I know. Ron thought of it. Oh, Ron, you smart cookie. <laughs> so I know. I I was grinning ear to ear, and then That's I like contribution. I love how proud of him Hermione is. She's like, he thought of it, and then Harry's like, how did you get in? And she's like, he spoke. Parcel tug and Jim Dale's voice is just like Hermione, like you can hear Hermione's so sweet. It's so sweet. Where the hell have you been? Harry shouted. Chamber of Secrets, said Ron. Chamber what? said Harry, coming to an unsteady halt before them. It was Ron. All Ron's idea said Hermione breathlessly. Wasn't it absolutely brilliant? There we were, after you left, and I said to Ron, even if we find the other one, how are we going to get rid of it? We still hadn't got rid of the cup. And then he thought of it. The basilisk. What the? Something to get rid of Horcruxes, said Ron simply. Harry's eyes dropped to the objects clutched in Ron and Hermione's arms. Great curved fangs, torn, he now realized, from the skull of a dead basilisk. But how did you get in there? he asked, staring from the fangs to Ron. You need to speak parcel tongue. And then, oh my god, and then Hermione, just like, show him, she Ron. was like, it was amazing. And then she repeats, amazing. He was amazing. He was amazing. Well, that's what I said. Oh, it, sorry. He was amazing. Repeat. Amazing. It's so sweet. Uh, oh my gosh. Why don't people like Ron and Hermione? They're so cute. Yeah, I was just gushing. I was just a big ball of love for them. I want to put a Jim Dale quote in of the actual like kiss and then Harry's reaction. Oh, I'm not quite there yet. Okay. Um, Neville's grandmother. Where's I Neville? like blew past that. Oh, where's Neville? He's fighting naturally. Love it. I do, yeah, I do love we get this like final grand scene because I don't think we see her again explicitly, but I just. My heart. Just like naturally. Like, and then she runs. Grand, but don't have a heart attack. She's fine. She's invigorated. <laughs> um, I did actually, I did have a note before the kiss about Tonks and yeah, just about Tonks. Like J.K. Rowling spends like multiple sentences in this chapter on Tonks and like about this choice to like go into battle, which is like, great. I'm glad we get those sentences. But then like Where's the follow through with that? Like, it makes it even worse that we don't get the time with their death because I'm like, we have like a good, maybe four or five sentences dedicated in the chapter to Tonks's, like to Tonks. And I'm like, 
we could spend it here, but not not next chapter. <laughs> I I agree. It made me mad, and I also have the note: turn around, go back. Yeah, that too. Be with your child. I don't know. I feel like it's worse if she doesn't go. Oh, I don't. I don't. I I don't think like this is gonna sound awful, but I think she can live without Lupin. Like I don't think I don't think that it'll like kill her the way it like destroys George like to not have Fred you know I don't think it's like that for them like I think she'll be heartbroken obviously but I think like the the impetus to care for Teddy like will keep her going it just feels more like a like yes it's really awful she's gonna be a widow and she'll get over it and she'll have her son and so Teddy will have a parent it doesn't feel as like for me it's worse that Teddy loses both of his parents than it is for her to lose just Lupin you know um I respectfully disagree not not about the it's worse like I do think ultimately it's obviously worse for Teddy but I think that it's established in the book that just them like breaking up, like completely altered her personality and her magic, like so badly because of like her heartbreak, just like with them being broken up. And then I think the other thing, which isn't so much about Lupin is that Tonks is a fighter. Like, I don't think that she could live with herself not having joined the battle. Like, I think that was also part of it as a like. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I, on the other hand, I would have been mad, honestly, if she had been benched for the fight because, you know, she had a kid. Like, I get annoyed in the third prequel of Star Wars because they just make Princess or Queen Amidala a womb for the final movie. Like, I guess my, I, I agree. I agree that we have, like, textual evidence that she falls apart with Lupin not like them just like breaking up or whatever but I think that's like with anyone's like first love heartbreak like she's like 19 you know I just think I think she'll get over this and be able to raise Teddy but I think you have you make a great point that she's a fighter I don't think she could live with herself knowing that he died because and she wasn't there fighting yeah I think that's like true of her I think it's a little bit combo and like, I think she would be a great mother, but she's also, like, not, like, this, like, maternal, like, m- motherhood is, like, my calling kind of character, I feel like, in some way. Yeah, but I don't think you have to be to, like, you know. Well, I just, you like, just mean, like, motherhood would basically, like, be enough for her, and I don't, I don't know if it would. Well, I mean, like, in her job, obviously. Like, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, I think that I think that if she has something to fight for, to live for, like Teddy, like she has to take care of a kid. Like she's not going to let herself fall apart the same way she did before. Or someone could say to her, hey, you've got a freaking life you need to take care of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. Hey, now I'm at the kiss. Yeah, we can file about the kiss. We'll let Jim Dale put a little quote in here. Harry's reaction. No said Ron seriously. I mean, we should tell them to get out. We don't want any more Dobbies, do we? We can't order them to die for us. There was a clatter as the basilisk fangs cascaded out of Hermione's arms. Running at Ron, she flung them around his neck and kissed him full on the mouth. 
Ron threw away the fangs and broomstick he was holding, and responded with such enthusiasm that he lifted Hermione off her feet. Is this the moment? Harry asked weakly, and when nothing happened except that Ron and Hermione gripped each other still more firmly and swayed on the spot, he raised his voice. Oi! There's a war going on here! Ron and Hermione broke apart, their arms still around each other. I know, mate, said Ron, who looked as though he had recently been hit on the back of the head with a bludger. So, it's now or never, isn't it? Never mind that, what about the Horcrux? Harry shouted. Do you think you could just, just hold it in until we've got the diadem? Yeah, right, sorry, said Ron, and he and Hermione set about gathering up fangs, both pink in the face. It's so hairy. I'm so annoyed at Harry. I don't even want to talk about him yet. But Ron, like, within, responded with enthusiasm. He lifted her up. And it's just such a cute, like, situation. He's like, oh, my God, the house elves, we have to go. And he's so genuine. And Hermione's like, oh, my God, I just have to kiss this boy. It's And he's right. Like, when else? When else are we going to be able to do this? We might die in like minutes. Like that guy. I just always wanted to kiss him. That's a quote from the sequel to Aristotle and Dante discovered the secrets of nature. That guy. Oh, but that uh, just so cute. Oh, um. And then I say, shut the fuck up, Harry. Let us have this. Like literally, what are you talking? What are you doing right now? It, his, like, line is the so hairy when he's like, could you just hold it in until we've got the diet? <laughs> hold it in. Hold it in. I'm done with you. I was so annoyed at him. Harry, do we remember your little monster? Yeah, we, we went through this whole Jenny thing with you, Harry, okay? Ron was big enough to let you date his sister, and you can't even like let them have hold it in, Harry. <laughs> yeah, really annoyed, very frustrated. Um, also, Jenny like leaves her sanctuary immediately. Helpful. Um, correct. Um, uh, correct. Correct. Also, Harry being like, "Oh, but you have to come back. You have to come back." Like, shut up, Harry. Again, shut up. You have, like this whole time when they're back in the uh, room of requirement. I'm annoyed at him. <laughs> About time, don't you think? That's a line that I like from the movie. It's in the sixth one when Ron is saying, uh, "Hermione uh, uh, in the room." in the hospital bed, like while he's like knocked out and Hermione's like holding his hand in the movie. Uh, Jenny like smiles at Harry and goes, it's about time, don't you think? And so like, I had like put it here in the book, even though it's not here. I just yeah. think it would be cute as like, as Jenny was leaving, like Jenny could have calmed down Harry and been like, don't, you know? It's about time, don't you think? Jenny is not pressed about them. <laughs> Yeah, Jenny's like, I gotta get out of this freaking room right now. And now everything is annoying again because our uh, Draco and uh, Crab and Goyle have arrived. Yeah, first of all, haven't you guys learned never split up, first of all? Don't split up. 
it's a bad call. You guys have been a team of three for how long? Like you really should have learned this lesson already. I just, there's just something so literary about, and Harry even says it, like, of course it's you three, like, to stop us. And I think it's so perfect. Well, yeah, like, back to what you were saying about, like, people just behaving like themselves. Like, of course it's them. Yeah. And, like, Draco's, like, such a little shit about it, like, in true like he's really got some spunk back in him for this yeah. chapter he's like that's my wand shut up Drake <laughs> yeah it is what do you got to say about it I don't think Goyle says a word oh no he's the one that can't pronounce disillusionment or dialogue. Yeah, I, was, I was about to say my favorite um performance other than Hermione being excited is Jim Dale spoiled being like what's the diadem what's a diadem what's a diadem <laughs> we can do disillusion Chuck <laughs> we was hiding in the corridor outside grunted Goyle we can do disillusion charms now. And then, his face split into a gormless grin, you turned up right in front of us and said you was looking for a diadem. What's a diadem? <laughs> Has anyone checked to them? Are they okay? I, I mean, Crab seems to be functioning too well in this chapter. Well, he still doesn't understand magic. He started a freaking fiend fire. He also tried to do an AK, a Crucio. Yeah, multiple times. I say, um, Crab and Goyle fucking casting to kill with Unforgivables. Nobody asked them to do that. I think the last thing I was going to say on the Crab and Goyle is, like, they say so many spells. Like, I'm, like, almost impressed, like, with the number that they know. And I can't remember. They honestly repeat the same ones over and over again, though. I mean, Descendo? I mean, come on. Training with their parents. That's like four spells. This scene is really intense. <laughs> when the fire starts happening, I was like, oh, I'm actually like in this. Like, I know that I know what's happening. Even but... before that. Oh, well, yeah. When they're all like casting, like killing curses. I also remember like, um, when I first read this, I was sure like Malfoy or somebody or one of them was going to like kill Ron because I was just like so suspicious that like, because that would just be like, oh, an, like an interesting ending for like. Yeah. It's for, like he was like saving Hermione and this is obviously. Right. And we, they just got together. So I was yeah. just like, when I first read this, I was like, oh my God, Ron's about to die. Um, at the hands of Draco Malfoy because this was before I was obsessed with Draco really like I always thought he was like cute in the movies and stuff like that and yeah. I loved his arc but when I was first reading the books I wasn't like pro redemption arc Draco whatever like I am now like I was just like reading them to know what was gonna happen <laughs> um and like that's obviously like pre-Fred so it's like kind of I think everyone was anticipating that somebody from the Weasley family was not going to make it. Right. Yeah. So this, this scene always just makes me like really um, stressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't 
think Hermione was going to die, but like it really like was alarming that a stu- like someone their age used unforget um, like the killing curse, right? And I, I, yeah, same. I was never worried that Hermione was going to die somehow, but like a lot of the fandom at that time was like theorizing that, um, that Ron was going to die anyway. So it's just like, I I was like, this is the perfect time to do it. So I was stressed. For sure. Um, Um, But I can see why like, Drary gets hyped for the, like the Drary community gets hyped for this scene because it always comes back to the fire. Well, and like the whole time, Malfoy's like trying to stop them from like hurting honestly all of them. Like he tries to step in with Hermione, which I guess is also like Germione stuff. Yeah. Um, and like with Harry, he's like, don't you know, which in an aromantic way, like non romantic way. Like, it's kind of similar to Lucius in the fifth one, how he's, like, the only one that's kind of, like, trying to keep things at bay. Like, he's, like, obviously still leading this Death Eater charge, but he's, like, no, like, don't, don't. Yeah, Draco's just, like, broken here, right? Like, he's not, like, you think what you want about him, this is not about shipping or anything. He's just not a killer. And I think he finds that out, and he spends all this time with Voldemort in this house, and he's just, like, whatever this is, it's not for me. Like, I don't think he really even cares about Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I think he wants Harry to defeat the Dark Lord at this point because he doesn't want to, like, live in a world where he is ruler. He either wants Harry to succeed or he wants some sort of leverage that he can get his, like, mom out. Yeah. Right. I just think... I think right now, like, even if he can't admit it to himself, he definitely wants Harry to ex- to succeed because the alternative is Voldemort succeeding. Like, not, like, as a, like, raw, and I don't think he's going to risk doing anything to overtly help Harry. Right. But I, I just, and I think that's such an interesting character arc for him. Yeah. Um, it's the same one that his mom goes on, really. She's like, I'm not right. helping you all, but I'm helping in Baltimore kind of and and then like that yeah I just I love the Malfoy family arc I think it's so interesting I think um yeah I just love it I love it a lot um yeah I don't I I don't know I agree with everything you're saying the only thing that was like maybe he's like trying to do his own thing is because he like keys into the tiara really early like oh this is important like maybe we can this might yeah, be maybe he is bartering for his family yeah. yeah like potentially but I think you're right that he ultimately obviously wants Harry to succeed um I don't I don't really question that at all and then and then like I'm to the fire now yeah and then when I think, and then he's just broken, I think, when Crab dies, and except for, like, not broken enough to be on the back of Harry's broom and be like, um, where are you going? <laughs> That's not the exit. I, I have the note, um, Draco, I don't think you're in any position to be back broom driving. Why don't you just 
be happy that uh, Harry saved you. But honestly, so classic Harry to be like, we got to go back for him. We've got to. <laughs> got, Ron's like, if we die for them. But honestly, like, of course you have to go back for and them. Ron does too. Like, he yeah. knows. Of course you have to go back for them. What? Also a nice throwback to Harry being like a seeker in a different life because he like grabs the tiara. Yeah, well, and Malfoy's on the back of his broom. I know that does, not in like a hot way and like a like, <laughs> they were like seekers and they were like fighting against each other in the second Take it one. however you want. Take it however you want. I mean, he is whispering in his ear <laughs> on the back of his broom. Stop playing on the back of his broom. <laughs> he is. Holding on to dear life. Oh boy. For dear life. Oh boy. Oh, the heat of the fire, you know. Um, oh shoot, there's something else I was gonna say right before you said that. Oh, it wasn't kind of, actually it was more on a downer note. I actually I don't know how affected he is by crab. Like I think he's affected by crab dying because it's like, oh, this is somebody that used to be like really important to me and his is dead, but I don't think he's like that sad about it I well guess. he like stammers like at the end he's just like he like can't speak he's like yeah. he just says crab he just keeps repeating crab like, yeah crab I think that's certainly like stunned oh I mean he's certainly like impacted by it but like the next time we see Malfoy he's like fucking up again <laughs> like Harry like has to save him again <laughs> like he kind of mo- I think he just moves past it like I mean yeah. you're in the middle of a battle but like I also think he like doesn't like who Crab is like as a person right but I think he just is like honestly like as anybody would be like yeah. shocked that the person a person they knew just died in front of them and almost got everyone else killed like oh, yeah yeah oh like I for sure he's like shocked and impacted by it but I just don't think he's like that sad I guess I see what you mean um like everything is super traumatic right now (laughs) like I just like couldn't handle my sweet Draco being like crab 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 and Jim Dale does it like with such a sad voice honestly it's mostly Jim Dale's uh uh voice that like made me think he was so hurt by it because he's just like we always hear his voice is like being very like snooty and clipped and firm and then he's just like so like oh yeah I also assume they all have like smoke in their throat probably too but um I think instead of our episode we should just tell everyone to listen to Jim Dale reading this (laughs) chapter and he's so good this is like one of the best performances this chapter that he's like ever given he I I mean I know it's the final book and so and it's the battle of Hogwarts but he's so in it it's such a good performance um the diadem bleeding in Harry's hands pretty gross also like tar like ooze gross but cool (laughs) I also think maybe you had this cue like many chapters ago about if Hermione knew about fiend fire or if it was like in the book and I guess it was because she says like I would have just never tried it because I think we were like checking about that in one chapter I think so too um so that question whatever that question was it's been answered (laughs) Um, my notes dissolve into nothingness after this point. 
Um, yeah, my next note starts with God damn it, fuck. My next note says no, 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 exclamation point. <laughs> Before we started recording, Alex and I were just saying, like, thinking on this, like, ending part of the book, like, we thought it was in next chapter. And then as soon as, like, Percy starts making a joke, we're like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Well, see, honestly, though, I did think it was this chapter because we were both sending, like, cry emojis. And then when we got to this point in the chapter, like, reading it, I was like, oh, it must be next chapter because we don't have much of this chapter left. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. And then obviously everything Molly said, like we got to Percy making a joke and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I wasn't ready. My, my only note really was that trying to remember like the first time reading it, like mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't know what had happened because there is this like out of body, like explosion experience. And I'm like, but what wait what happened like even after like I had processed that Fred had died I was like but how like I don't understand like what just happened like I don't even think I understood that there was an explosion because I thought it was just like talking about how Harry felt like in that yeah yeah actually an explosion and I still don't really know how Fred died like why he was the only one and like it was a cage but he's I always assume he got crushed by the the explosion or something um it's like kind of dark but they like describe his face as like having like the remnants of his last laugh like and he's like open-eyed like which is kind of how they describe people that have been like AK'd about a cadaver yeah I had always assumed that he had been AK'd and then I when I was rereading listening this time I was like oh is he crushed and do they just and do Percy and Ron go and take the stuff off of him and then Harry misses that because he's like getting up to the ghost of his last laugh still etched across his face is perhaps the saddest thing I've ever read the other I didn't I didn't write this as no was more on reflection right before we got on but I think the other part and I'm glad it's like not really included is that or that George isn't there and I think it's worse that he's not there because somebody has to go and tell him Mm -hmm. and I just can't even imagine I'm so glad that scene's not included because I I wouldn't be able to handle like that kind of scene well when you hear the first scream you like assume it's George but he's right next yeah I think if George had to watch Fred die I don't think that's I don't think I don't know if it's better like I feel like none of them actually like saw it because they all got like blown back I'm Percy I don't know yeah I don't know. yeah I don't I because I guess he's he he saw something but just that like George wasn't like in the vicinity I guess like they have to go and find him and tell him I mean no, yeah all of the Weasleys like, I think it's awful I would not want to deliver obviously I who mm-hmm. yeah and like um, Molly and all like is it fair to blame Percy because he distracted Fred with a joke no <laughs> I'm well, kidding it, honestly if it had been like an AK curse yes because he was distracted but it because it was like this bomb or whatever like if um, it was an AK curse that's on you <laughs> um 
I and like I think it was kind of nice that like we got this with like Percy too. Like, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm not actually. No, no. I just because we were talking about it when he showed up. Was that last chapter or the chapter before? Um, like him, his like quote unquote redemption. Yeah. (laughs) And like I, like he's just like really caring. Like I don't know. It's just like. Yeah. I'm not mad that Percy's there, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, me either. I think it's a nice moment. And I think, I mean, I think, I I mean, it's tragic watching him mourn Fred, but you see how much he really loves the family, which I think is important to Percy's character too, you know? Yeah. And that they did have this like nice moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just devastating. Fred's death. <laughs> yeah. And it comes off this like really, really good chapter, like where things are coming together. We have hope for a second with the diadem and with Ron and Hermione kissing. Yeah. I mean, it's classic. It's classic JKR, but it's also just like classic all authors. When you least expect it. Yeah. Constant they, vigilance. Constant they come and fuck you up the back of your broom, you know? <laughs> holding on for dear life (laughs) um I don't know if you were in a place to give it like points and all that stuff oh I gave this uh 250 points oh wow I did 175 I think this is a great chapter yeah it really is for sure um so I wanted to give it high high points um uh my champ is Fred same and (laughs) Um, I don't have a rat, but maybe it's crab, but I feel like he got his punishment. Yeah, my rat is crab and JK Rowling. <laughs> my rat's always JK Rowling. Yeah, I mean, like, perpetual rat, but especially, like, doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Fred. Yeah, it's JK. But, and this is sad, but I wouldn't include it. My tattoo for this chapter would be Mischief Managed. It just came to me and I was like, this would be so sad. Oh my God, that's so perfect. Wow. I wanted to do a Fred thing too. Um, That was the most Fred. I mean, other than like Weasley Wizard Weasley or something like that, but. No, I want mischief managed. <laughs> we can both get mischief managed. Okay, good. I actually feel like I would get that tattoo. That's cute. Yeah. Um, so we're, we do have to move on to the next chapter next week, which is Chapter 32, The Elder Wand, and we're in for a lot more pain, a lot more hurt. And what hurts the most is being so close to all of this Potter death. I'm sorry I did that. We can all move along. Feel free to not include that in the chapter. I I can't delete it. (laughs) Um... But you know what we get after that? The Prince's Tale! Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for The Prince's Tale. It's going to be it's just, it gets so juicy at the end. It's so sad. I know. I'm going to light candles and um, 
sit in my love seat and I think just listen to it like with mood lighting. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry that it ended on a bit of a downer. It's not our fault. We know whose fault it is. <clears throat> um, but stay magical, y'all. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum 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 bum.